where they're at on their journey, that they can't measure up to this higher self or this higher embodiment of who they think they should be because we have this idea of who we, who we should be in 10 years from now. Cause maybe we love God so much, or we love, we, we just want to be our best selves. But at the same time, it's like, wow, God loves us right now. And we are allowed to be weak right now to receive the help right now and release that shame right now through connection. Welcome to the Vibrant Flow podcast. This is a podcast for the woman who wants to embrace and cultivate her femininity and level up in all areas of life while honoring her feminine essence. I'm Joanna, and some of you know me by the name Joem, and I'm an independent music artist, wife, a language enthusiast, among other things, and I'm on a journey in becoming the most vibrant expression of myself possible. Here, you will hear inspiring conversations and you'll get tangible tools in growing in your femininity. My mission here is to help you fall in love with being a woman. So, let's get started. Hey beautiful, this episode is for you if you've ever been beating yourself up for any of the mistakes you've done or the patterns that you still have that you hope that you didn't have anymore, <laughs> or you're a recovering perfectionist, high achiever, if there's trauma, codependency, um, or if you're wanting to understand what those actually mean and what they're actually, you know, what they entail, what the truth of that is, or if you're just really tough on yourself and, and demanding perfection, of yourself, this episode is for you because Artemis Rose's um, mission is to help us understand the power of embracing our imperfection. And there is so much potency to this. And I really want you to understand what she means by this, which you're going <laughs> to understand by listening to this episode, obviously. So if you're wanting to receive more love and inspiration and just all of the things or really understand what embodiment is or what 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 you need to understand before actually experiencing embodiment this episode is for you i'm so excited for you to listen to this and um please share the episode if it if it spoke to you and um yeah this episode is sponsored by my patrons my wonderful ladies that I am creating uh, exclusive episodes on being magnetic, understanding men, and um, understanding our hormonal cycle, which is the basis for a vibrant flow life, as well as, you know, having harmonious relationships with men and really understanding what it means to be a queen. So if these are any of the things that you're interested in, I invite you to join my patron. It's a low-cost membership that you can always like sign up for or you know stop subscribing to and it really helps this podcast without further ado let's jump into the episode and welcome back to the vibrant flow podcast and today i have the pleasure of talking to artemis j rose and she if you don't know her or if you're not introduced to her work yet she is a practicing licensed marriage and family therapist mental health advocate women's embodiment mentor and coach speaker and writer and she's also currently finishing up her doctorate in clinical psychology which is pretty cool <laughs> where she is conducting her research around trauma shame and homelessness that's a one topic that we might just um, talk about today. And, and she also currently has a podcast out called Embody You, where I was also a guest um, a couple weeks back, or was it a month back? I can't remember. Uh, where she invites weekly guests on to discuss various topics that serve the authentic embodiment and return to wholeness for the high-performing woman. When not working, you can find her creating poetry, spoken word, dancing, laughing, singing, playing, and being outdoors. And I love that. <laughs> she currently is also offering a free masterclass called Embod sorry, Embracing Your Imperfection on March 13th, 
which is going to be like later than this um, episode is out, but the link will be in the description below when this episode comes out, uh, which is, and the, yeah, this masterclass is for the high performing woman who is tired of hustling and burning herself out and is ready to soften, receive support and step into who she truly is. Mm, I felt that. <laughs> Um, welcome to the pot, Artemis. I'm so happy to have you. How are you feeling? Uh, I'm just already just so filled with um, joy. And that's how I feel anytime we connect. And uh, so thank you so much for inviting me on. <laughs> inviting oh, it's my pleasure. On. Yeah, I'm super excited to be here. Oh, yeah. So last time we talked, it was on your podcast and I felt the most I don't know, grounded flow state I've ever felt. So I, <laughs> I was so happy to have you on my pod as well, because I feel like we have this synergy going and that's just beautiful. <laughs> uh, so I'll, first of all, I'll let you introduce yourself a little bit further um, and let us know like what if, I don't know, it may be a long story, but that's okay. We're, we're or, all here for it what led you to this work? Like why embody you? Why embodiment? And why are these topics of trauma, shame, codependency, vulnerability, embodiment, why are these important to you? Yeah. So, okay. Well, uh, for listeners, check out Feminine Flow on my podcast because Joanna was on that, that episode. So I, I want to state that. It was a really awesome podcast and you'll get a lot from that. So first of all, I like to introduce myself as first and imperfect human being because all mm. the stuff that are roles, right? Roles of what we do. And I think obviously, you know, our identity or how I, my, my opinion, identity is truth, right? It's a uh, spirit. It's, it's being a woman, a child of God, right? Being who God created me to be. But in that, I'm, a, I'm an imperfect human being. It, it's, it's that duality, you know, that paradox of yeah. I am both perfect, but I'm also imperfect in my imperfection, right? So I think when we begin to live that way, it's we are really self-accepting of our flaws, our mistakes, our weaknesses, our limitations. And in that, the more we accept all of these aspects then we're able to expand into receiving love more uh, and more support, which allows us to actually uh, embody more of the fullness and the truth of who we are, which allows us to then be more of a creative life force and healing light in the world. So I think we have a lot of, uh, we kind of go the opposite in the world, especially if we have a lot of unresolved shame uh, we're disconnected from ourselves. We feel like we need to prove ourselves. And then we unconsciously act out in ways where I need to be my best self. I need to work harder. I need to make money. All these things to prove ourselves and, you know, getting hard on ourselves, hiding from ourselves, moving faster, not being able to slow down and be honest with ourselves. So I think uh, how embodies, well, how embody started was it was a gift that God gave me about I want to say about five, six years ago, uh, I had it all. Like I had my whole entire life up in Sacramento, California. And then I'm going to kind of give it really as much of a short, shortened version of this, but I had, yeah, I had it all. I was actually um, finishing up my doctorate. I was finishing up my license, uh, my licensing hours as a marriage and family therapist. I was in a nine year relationship. We were broken up for about two of those years, but we were still talking. So we were pretty solid. We also had a two-story house that we had just bought, you know, like we went all in. I mean, I had it all. Wow. And, and um, then I met this mentor who pretty much within six months, he made me realize I needed to leave the relationship. I needed to take a break from the doctorate program. And, and kind of to fast forward about when I was 21, I hit a rock bottom. I mean, I grew up with a lot of complex PTSD. I mean, you name it domestic violence, cops coming to my house often experienced all forms of abuse, um, growing up sexual, physical, whatever it is. I, I grew up in a lot of chaos and 
So when I went to college, I started repeating a lot of patterns, got heavily into drugs more. And yeah, I hit a rock bottom. I think it was my senior year. I hit a rock bottom and I cried out to God. That was the catalyst of my awakening. And so up until five years ago when I was 20, I don't know, no, maybe six years ago. I don't know, my later 20s. Now I'm kind of closer to my mid 30s. I'm getting closer. So um, it, I, I had built all this like foundational work around uh, knowing more about myself. Cause I was, you know, I got my master's in marriage and family therapy, started doing yoga, started doing all these things, but I felt like I was still operating from a lot of codependency and a lot of moving fast, still burning out, hustling and all that. So anyways, I, um, once I left this old life, God kind of planted in me embody you. It was as if it was a gift because I had the commitment to walk away from what I knew. And it was really scary because I attached my identity to schooling, right? Like who, who was I going to be without the schooling? And right. I worked my butt off all these years. Like, what am I going to do with my life? I don't know mm. what I'm going to do with my life now, you know? And then the relationship was really hard because I thought I was going to marry this man who I absolutely loved. And at the same time though, it was stagnant in that he said he wanted similar values as me, but I didn't really feel like he was taking action towards it. I mean, he had a great heart still, you know, but I also didn't want to be in a relationship where I was in it because I was afraid of being alone. And I was also just codependent financially where I was okay with him looking at the finances and him taking care. I mean, there's a whole different uh, way now that I kind of revisited and softening into the masculine. Right. But I mean, there were just aspects in a relationship. Um, so yeah, I, what ended up happening then was I got the download, um, that God gave me for embody you. And I had all these visions of like, Oh, I was going to travel the world for embody. I was going to do all these things. I started getting involved in the coaching community about five, six years ago around this time. Got even chosen for a reality show in Hollywood. Wow. Moved, moved to Hollywood for it. Got on the red carpet, all of these things. But then I fell hard. Um, I fell hard just to make it really simple. Cause this is uh, like short. Cause I would, I really, <laughs> I don't want to keep talking. Like I want to go into the questions, the dialogue, but what happened was is pretty much during the time that I moved to Hollywood and I was on this red carpet show, I still had a lot of unresolved grief from everything that I, that I had up North, still a lot of the trauma. And I lived in fantasy and that's what trauma does to us, right? Whether it's in a relationship that's toxic or a friendship or a work environment or a pattern of ours, we lie to ourselves in trauma. We do not live honestly with ourselves of what is not working, especially mm so used to growing up with a lot of chaos and pain that's what we're used to <laughs> so during that time in in Hollywood I as they were putting the show together I kept kind of falling harder and harder isolating putting people pushing people away grieving falling hard that I ended up homeless like literally homeless on the streets eating with the homeless wow. on Wood Boulevard like that was my biggest fall. And, um, yeah, and that was a whole, that's a whole nother talk. So that kind of, that kind of leads why I'm so passionate about the trauma, shame, and homelessness topic, really about advocacy policy work around it and wanting to be a part of the solution around the topic of homelessness. And I'm also passionate about other, and I talk about mental health advocate because, when I lived near the Capitol, I used to advocate, and I'm going to be getting back into it, on policy work around, I mean, you name it. I've worked at domestic violence, human trafficking. I've worked at an eating disorder. I've worked with um, those in and out of prison. I've, I mean, I've been really blessed with a versatile amount of experience that God's giving me. Uh, you name the topic, I've pretty much either lived it and or also have worked it. So I feel like it's giving me a repertoire of being like a humanitarian and that 
no matter where I go in life and how privileged I am, I will always remember to keep my feet on the ground and still serving those who are, um, those who are underserved because, you know, I think sometimes on this path, we can get a little like blindsided by our own bubble. Mm -hmm. Oh yeah, definitely. (laughs) And, uh, it's important that we remember that unity doesn't happen unless we all, we're all a part of the journey. There's so much to your journey like that we could unpack, like, oh my goodness. And I just wanted to put it out there that Artemis is such a kind and beautiful soul. And it's just, you know, just talking to you, I feel like I'm, you know, you're, you're radiating this love and I just love it. <laughs> I'm just receiving it as well. But when, let's go back to like um, the topic of trauma and shame. What I wanted to ask you is what are some of the common threats or the common experiences or beliefs that a person with a lot of trauma and the um, compounding shame along with it can experience? Like what are those common threats and how did you, for example, in your experience, how did you start unraveling those threads? Yeah, well, first of all, I want to normalize that I'm sure any listeners, I mean, I'm sure you have trauma. We're a world of trauma, right? Yeah. I mean, even going on in the world <laughs> with everything that's going on. So, you know, you most likely if you're on this journey, I would bet that you probably have complex PTSD because there's many of us who have complex PTSD where you just have gone through a lot in life. Um, so yeah, I mean, trauma is more based off of how your body responds to a particular event, right? It's, I think that's a common misunderstanding is usually trauma seen as, oh, it's the actual event, whether it's abuse or it's let's see. Yeah. Abuse, any forms of abuse or any form of terror or any of that. And that can trigger trauma, right? But trauma is more of your body's response to what happened where your body can just shut down, right? Or it can get into these responses of dissociation, disconnecting from your body, shutting down, being frozen, right? to a consistent state of rage, Uh, wanting to just run away and be flighty, right? Um, Let's see, there's fawning. Yeah, and then I know they talk a lot about the people-pleasing. But essentially what ends up happening a lot with trauma and shame is that when you experience trauma, and that could be as simple as you not being attuned as a kid, right? Because I, I talk about little t trauma, and I think that's why I say that if you've grown up in this world, you've experienced some form of trauma because it could be even traumatic if you were a kid in a classroom setting and your teacher looked at you a certain way and maybe didn't validate you. And then you felt so triggered and shamed that you learned in that moment, first of all, your body shut down. And then you maybe created the belief maybe that it's not safe to be yourself, that that part of yourself was wrong. So you immediately develop a defense and a pattern of hiding yourself and not fully speaking your truth. So it, trauma can be as simple as even that. It doesn't need to be this big event that happened. Right. Yeah. And so yeah. I think the parallel with shame is that so much with shame is we believe that we're wrong, right? Shame and guilt that our thoughts, our feelings, our bodily sensations, the way we move in the world, we just have this sense that there's something wrong with us. And trauma impacts that because when you experience trauma, there's a disconnection from yourself, a misattunement, a lack of validation, a disorganized, insecure attachment to yourself and others, because it's also, I also want to normalize to listeners too, because there's a lot of BS crap out there, excuse my language, of spiritual bypassing BS where you're made to believe that you're never going to need co-regulation, that you're never going to need 
validation. It is completely okay and human to need co-regulation, to need another human being. Obviously, you want to be able to still show up as yourself and, and request enough. But I've seen it in the communities. I suffered from it too, where shame can do that too. It can make us deny our needs. Mm-hmm. Well, I don't need, I can do it all on our own. And so what do you do as a high performer when you want to be your best self? Well, then you lose yourself in the pursuit of achievements to, oh, to yeah. fulfill these needs, these unresolved emotional needs that you really need more of connection. You don't need to be hustling more. What you need more is connection. Mm more more safety more I'm trying to think of what else um rest and more creativity and play right because when you're a high performing woman and you're just going and going and going you're focusing more on how much you can get done you're focusing how much more you can focus on other people that you're so disconnected from your body's needs. And that's why you get into overworking, maybe cycle cycles of overeating, undereating, right? Restriction, overeating. A lot of women suffer from disordered eating. And I tell clients that you might not have an eating disorder, but you probably suffer from disordered eating, right? Um, spiritual, this is another one, spiritual perfectionism. I see this a lot. I've had to unlearn this. I'm still unlearning this. And a lot of women that I journey with, even in other world circles, feeling so ashamed of their humanity and then where they're at on their journey that they can't measure up to this higher self or this higher embodiment of who they think they should be because we have this idea of who we who we should be in 10 years from now because maybe we love God so much or we love we we just want to be our best selves but at the same time it's like wow God loves us right now. And we are allowed to be weak right now to receive the help right now and release that shame right now through connection. And, um, and it's okay. <laughs> like it's, it's definitely okay. Oh my goodness. Yes. And that is actually one of the topics that I wrote down that I wanted to talk about. <laughs> but before we go into that a little bit in, more in depth, I wanted to ask like, for those that may not be um, familiar with the term co-regulation, how would you like concisely put it into a few phrases? Like, what does that mean? To be able to lean on others for support, emotional support. If you're going through a tough time, you're struggling with anxiety, overthinking, stress. If you're feeling it difficult, you're restless. You're just in your head and you're struggling you are allowed to reach out to someone to process and just to have someone there as a safe space. In fact, if you're finding yourself numbing out, checking out, unable to do your simple self-care practices, you might want to ask for help because you're probably at your capacity of what you're processing on your own that you need. We're wired for connection, no matter how evolved. We are relational beings. We do not exist on an island. Think about it. Your parents had you. They're a relationship unit. You grew up in relationship with others. Therefore, no matter how how much you can regulate yourself, you're going to still need that co-regulation. And I know God keeps humbling me around that. And it doesn't even have to be at times. You don't even have to wait until you have stuff going on. In fact, I encourage you to make it, make it habitual for you on a weekly basis where you at least have one friend that you check in with, that you have fun. I mean, if you're single, right. Or if you're in, but just have those moments of connection of just connecting, make it a part of your, your day, because that is a part of a fruitful life of joy. That's why we're here to love and be loved. (laughs) You know, Mm. personally, I can say that I've struggled with that, allowing myself the need of co-regulation because as a recovering perfectionist, I felt like I had to do everything on my own. And it was something that I learned very early on not because of like what, what my parents taught me. They never said that to me. But for some reason, my my child self came to this um, point where I was like, 
okay, I'm going to do everything on my own. Like, I'm not going to ask for help with schoolwork. I'm going to do it on my, I'm going to be the, you know, the perfect get, perfect kid. I'm going to get the straight A's. I'm not going to ask for my parents' help, you know, not, not with anything. So that was the tendency that I grew up with. And with a lot of women can relate to that. I know it. And um, sometimes we just, we just have to come to the point where, like you said, you are actually humbled in front of God and you understand that, wow, you actually need other people and you are not this solo everything. Like you, you can't do life solo uh, and, um, and give yourself permission to be in need of that. So that, that is a powerful thing. And I don't think we talk about it enough. At least I don't. No. <laughs> no. And you know, your example of the homework and so relatable, right? The vulnerability. And also we need to normalize that. We don't know everything from a young age because I think we put so much pressure on kids even to figure out their whole life at a time. Well, what are you going to do with your life? Instead of, hey, <laughs> who are you? Let's support you towards your natural gifts. It's immediately like, well, what are you going to do with yourself? And even just, I know for me, even when I made mistakes when I was young, it was, I was not allowed to make a mistake. It just wasn't okay. Right. So yeah, there's a lot mixed up, mixed in with, uh, opening ourselves up to being, uh, to receiving help and support. I'm feeling into this this question of like, or not question, but topic of embodiment, how does that, how do we go from experiencing shame or, you know, going from trauma to shame and then, you know, coming to terms with that or acknowledging that that is actually going on and then move from there into this daily practice of embodiment of embodying the true you or the true me yeah yeah well first of all it involves a lot of layers of unraveling right <laughs> a lot of grief a lot of heartache a lot of uh, just a lot of feelings it's really messy I can't tell you how many times I've broken down on the journey it's it has not been easy. And I think if we normalized how much it takes, because I think there's a lot of shame around for the, our, the dark parts of us. Dark parts of us are not us, but unless we acknowledge that they're a part of us, we cannot begin to stand in the truth of who we are. And we continue releasing the shame the more that we give ourselves permission, holy permission. And I say holy because it is is it is holy in that you are sacred. You are sacred in every aspect of who you are. That is a part of releasing the shame. Any thought that you think, any feeling that you have, any sensation in your body, any, any mistake that you make, any, any part of you that is a part of the past or any of that, you are completely holy, H-O-L-Y, sacred as you are, and holy, W-H-O-L-L-Y. You're complete as you are now in the moment. And, and the more that you begin, and this requires honesty. This requires honesty with being in your body and acknowledging and becoming intimate with yourself intimate with yourself of how you actually feel, what you're actually thinking. Because a lot of the times with trauma and shame and disembodiment, we're not slow to slow down enough in the present moment to be attuned to our inner child and how we're actually feeling and what we're needing. We tend to, <clears throat> this is where we can get caught up a lot in addiction, right? And I'm not just talking drug addiction. That's like more of an extreme version. It can just be as simple as workaholism, or it could be internet, like checking out on the internet right? I know to be honest, sometimes I can still find myself like, I'm like, just like scrolling. I'm like, okay, Artemis, like tired to put the phone away. <laughs> you know, what's going on here. Right. And I want to yeah, normalize I relate so much. <laughs> right. I want to normalize that too, because it's part of COVID and stuff. And, and, and then another thing I want to normalize is we still have our patterns. It's not about perfection. I think you just there's more, we release the shame on embodiment of witnessing ourselves. Cause I think a lot in shame is that there's a judgment of self. There's a rejection of self. 
And when we judge and reject ourselves, we hide from ourselves and we shut down. It's kind of like we split off from ourselves. Mm. And that takes us away from connection and just being present to our bodies and being in our power. And how that translates then is people pleasing, um, continuing to overwork, continuing to burn ourselves out, getting, getting caught up in these patterns uh, that just lead us to more and more suffering. So the journey from trauma and shame to embodiment is just, it's a, 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 a process of really getting more honest about these parts of yourselves, about your wounded inner child, grieving, feeling, releasing um, all of these parts, bringing these parts of yourselves home to, to your center. A lot of the journeys about integration too. And what I mean by that is, you know, you have your nervous system response and maybe you're highly anxious and you're beginning to get dysregulated. So you need, you need to figure out what works for you, but maybe it's massage and breath work and feeling into your, you know, your body and journaling. And you listen to what that part of you is feeling and needing enough. You create that space to then regulate your nervous system, process whatever feelings come up so you can come back to your center. Um, Because that's what the embodiment journey, you're never fully perfectly embodied 24 seven. It's like, it's a practice. It's a devotion, which is why it's humbling because I can't tell you how many times over and over it's like you work through this I'll speak from my experience. It's like, yeah, I worked through this. (laughs) And then I get hit with a trigger that completely humbles me against the floor. (laughs) Yes. Yeah. All right. Right. To continue to stay grounded and humbled in that. And so moving from trauma and shame to embodiment is embodiment. You begin to walk in, walk in the world where you realize there was nothing ever wrong with you that you thought was wrong with you. You have profound self-acceptance for yourself, for your flaws, for your good days, your bad days, for um, just all aspects of life. You, um, you still have these parts at times. Maybe sometimes you still notice you have a little bit of doubt or shame. Not as much. They're not as prevalent, but they're, you know, you notice a little bit of your inner critic, but it, it's, it's softened and it's not as much um, given as much power because you've shined the light on all these aspects of yourself, right. That have laid dormant in the shadows. And because you've, you've moved from this life of trauma and shame and suffering, you've freed up your creative energy. Cause now you're living from the truth, your center, mm. which is who you are truly are. So now you're ready to give birth and to move, walk, talk, speak, from this creative life force energy that is God-given, that is truly your self. Like that is your self that God, um, you know, and when I really think about this, I think it's how beautiful is it that we all have a unique soul essence and unique soul expression, right? Mm Um, so yeah, you begin to move in the world where that is your identity. Like, you know, the identity. So anytime that any uh, any of your shadow or any of your wounded inner child or any triggers come up, you know, the truth. So yeah, you're moving through it. It's not to say you're never not human, but you know who you are. So, you know, any of these stories or any of that is just BS (laughs) and you begin to act more consciously from a place of intentionality and your values rather than acting out from past patterns. What do I want to consciously create? Because I know I'm not my thoughts and my feelings. And that is love ultimately, right? The highest form of love is commitment Mm -hmm. and action. It's not about feeling. And I think a lot of the times we see love in that way. Well, well, I feel this way and and then that's how we stay stuck. So selfish, right? It's because we base, we base love off of feeling instead of off of, um, yeah, just intention values, driven action and beingness Mm -hmm. of course. Oh yeah. And that was just like, when you talked about like regulating yourself and noticing when that happens, because it just brought so many experiences just recently from my life where where I 
notice that, you know, because you know I'm healing from chronic pain and that is like a dysregulation of the nervous system and like that becoming like automated state, like being completely in that sympathetic nervous system state. And when I notice that that is happening, let's say I am doing something on the computer or on the phone and I feel this sucking force (laughs) that is keeping me stuck there and I notice that my breath is going you know turning very shallow and I notice that there's this nasty tingling in my arms or whatever and and I and then I start noticing this anxiety you know bubbling or you know constricting um, over my chest or my chest area and this you know complete constriction in my body Um, so, um, in those moments, I sometimes struggle with, like when I notice it, I do notice it like, okay, this is happening and I'm aware of it, but so many times my response has been to start beating myself up over it. Like, no, this again, like, why, why are you doing this again? And blah, blah, blah. You know, (laughs) you you just start being like the worst uh, worst friend in that moment <laughs> with to yourself and that of course that just you know propels the cycle even further and um then what i experience is shame like ah uh, like why did i respond this way like yeah i saw that cycle come up i saw that i started to go into dysregulation and then i started beating myself up for it and now I'm feeling shame for all of this. (laughs) Um, and I, I assume that that is pretty normal, but sometimes it's just so frustrating being in that position, whatever the, the stimulus has been. Um, I feel like a lot of people can relate to this when you Mm -hmm. feel the shame, like, Oh, but I should have done better. Totally. I knew, I know the tools I know I've, you know, this is what I talk about or whatever it is. Totally. Totally. I completely agree. I'm glad you're, yeah, yeah I'm glad you're sharing that because it's so relatable or why, yeah. Why do I keep doing this over and over and over? Like uh, a little transparency. That's kind of been my relationship with caffeine. I don't really um, drink a lot of caffeine. I maybe have a green tea a day. Um, but still it can activate my nervous system in a way where, <laughs> you know, where I move a little faster, I talk a little faster yeah. and then I start to judge myself and I'm like, why am I doing this? And I hit this really beautiful, um, experience. I was working with this woman where I, it just clicked. I'm like, Artemis, instead of pushing yourself to stop drinking the green tea, why don't you just trust that your body's having that response and just practice shift out of the shame by bringing that connection to yourself, like love yourself in that moment. It was like such a huge shift for me because, you know, I think so many times and maybe listeners, you can relate to this is we have these behaviors that we judge as bad. And when you zoom out, it's really not that bad, all the behaviors that we do, all our responses are survival responses. They're trying to serve us in some purpose, right? The green tea, for instance, well, I love matcha. I mean, I love the flavor. I love the taste. Can I slow down a little bit when I'm having it? Yeah. Have I used it as a form of a crutch? Maybe when I can rest a little more? Yeah. Like there's all these aspects, right? But like Our body also has this natural, here's the wisdom of the body and why I love embodiment. The body has this natural timing of when it's ready to release certain patterns. And if we're continuing to do something, it's because our body's just trying to take care of itself and trying to help us in a certain way that Sometimes I don't think we can really release the shame or we can really move forward into a next version of ourselves unless we really learn 
to love that version of ourselves and that part in those patterns mm. release the shame. Cause here's another thing, what I witnessed, what I've witnessed in myself in the past, but what I witnessed a lot in certain communities, right. Is that you step away from this like bad habit because you judge it now and you see it as shameful. So then you move in the world where you maybe become a little rigid around your beliefs around that. And then you kind of have, you bring a little bit of that judgment towards other people, Mm -hmm. right? Because you haven't really learned how to release the shame that you had around this specific behavior around it. Um, And I guess what I'm saying is that so much of shame is tied towards the self-judgment. And sometimes it's not like, for instance, drinking green tea is not bad. It's... (laughs) It's not, but sometimes it's our judgment of things that create the shame. So I know that's a really random, you know, but that's been kind of my little, uh, my little challenge the past, like couple of years or the past, you know, month, it seems trivial because here's my perfectionism. I just want to rely on God with every breath and be in the present moment, every moment. Like those are (laughs) aspirations and bless my heart but I'm tired of like how God, it just wants me to be here too. Like I'm just as, you know, it's also that best self. Like I want to be the most evolved. Mm-hmm. I want to embodied. I want to be the most devoted. And it's like, I don't know. I feel like deeper levels of embodiment is you actually come out more to uh, your imperfection of, man, I really don't have to push myself to, try harder to be any of those things. I'm going to honor more of just like where I'm at. Mm, Yeah. Yeah. Wow. That is so profound. Like when you're in that moment, when you notice the shame, the question of like, can I actually love myself here? Can I accept myself here? That is just, that is the question. Like I thank you for reminding me of that. Yeah, because shame is shame gets us in separation. So the antidote to to shame is connection, right? When we have more shame, we're not as creative. Think about it because we're hiding. Yeah. So a lot of the ways we become more creative is through connection, releasing shame. So if for listeners, if you struggle with certain aspects of yourself, if you find certain behaviors that you struggle with, you probably need to reach out for support and connection. If you're having a hard time connecting to yourself, we need others, right? I just think of Brene Brown. She talks so much about connection and shame. I think about how many times I've had to reach out. God has had to humble me because I would try to do it on my own and hide. And listeners, you know what I mean? When you have certain parts of you, you've done certain things, you have certain aspects of you that you don't really want people to know or you shy away from and you're hiding, but really that's your next level. Wherever you're hiding in your life, God wants you to be seen in those places. Mm. Because that is the portal to the truth of who you are, that you are loved, that you are seen and that you worthy. God isn't asking for, God is not asking for us to be perfect. He's asking for us to keep coming out to how worthy we are in our imperfection And there are people out there, listeners, who, if you don't have community right now, that maybe you feel safe to be yourself around, I promise you, there are people out there who will love you in your imperfection. Mm -hmm. I keep being blown away by how many people I have in my life who love me for me, despite Mm -hmm. how flawed I still am, how imperfect I still am. And sometimes and that's building up the nervous system capacity to receive it, right? Because you think on a cognitive level, oh yeah, I'm ready to receive, I'm ready to receive love. No, you got to also to be able to hold that love because it's a shift when you begin to actually receive all the good that God wants to give to you. Oh, yeah. It's a shift. Yeah, totally. Like it's a recalibration of your whole system that ability to hold space for the goodness that there is for you. Like, this is something I've been journaling a lot recently um, in my own journey. Like, do I have this, like, am I creating the space in me? Am I allowing the space in me to, in my life and in in my body and in my mind and my heart to receive all the goodness 
because that, that is that is such a crucial point because people don't always think about the fact that yeah it's not just about deciding that oh yeah i want to receive all the good like all the blessing yes please <laughs> but are are you actually able to hold it that it, it is a, it is a big question it is and i get chills us talking about it because if you have your trauma still and your your patterning and you're not receptive. It's hard to receive because you're, you're filtering things coming into your life from a place of your past wounding and trauma that you then end up, I don't even like to use the word sabotage because sometimes that could be shaming, but you're pretty much, you're just making it difficult to, to hold and to really, cause a huge part of receiving is like, really allowing it into your heart and allowing it to settle and permeate in your being. And that's a part of the embodiment piece is holding it in your body, feeling it in your body, feeling grounded and safe enough in your body to trust and believe that the person, maybe a friend who just gave you tons of loving compliments actually really mean it. And you got to actually really receive it. And it's to your depth that you're able to receive is your capacity that you're able to be you mm. because so much of embodying the truth of who you are is how much can you be loved? How much can you be loved? And this is where the patterns of burning yourself out, people pleasing, codependency, all these survival patterns begin to melt away. The defenses begin to melt away because it's not about how can I fix myself and improve myself and shame myself over and over and over to get rid of these patterns. It's about how much can I soften, access safety, and keep being loved more and more and more and more and more. So then I realize that there's nothing wrong with me because a lot of our survival patterns are connected to shame too. So the more that we release these survival patterns and they soften, it's because we're way more connected to the truth that we're loved. Therefore, we don't need to act out on old ways because now we feel safe enough to be who we are, to act congruently in the world that we can handle rejection mm -hmm. because criticism and rejection is going to come no matter what, when you're being yourself in the world. And I think a lot of the times we, uh, we, we avoid rejection. We avoid criticism because we're so afraid of being our true selves. So that's why we hide in these survival patterns and we get caught up in that. Mm. Yeah. Oh yeah, definitely. And I love that you said in, I think it was an Instagram post that our ideas of who we think we should be actually distract us from who we really are. Yeah. Even our ideas of our highest self. I see yeah. this a lot. How to unlearn this. Well, what is my 10 year old self? How does she, well, she's a lot more loving and she's a lot more girl. If you're listening to this listeners, you're already a perfectionist. You do not need to be living there. If anything, it's about unlearning all of that and just giving yourself permission to be right here as you are. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And personally, I can so relate to the tendency of, of like being like, yeah, in 10 years time, I want to be this and this and this. And I'm constantly like trying to fix myself in some way or, or even like, even though I love a lot of things in the self-development world, but I do realize that the, the term development, like that, the, the focus of self-development can become a fixation it can become an obsession that is actually keeping you from being you and um so there is that like contradiction <laughs> contradiction yeah. there and for for the perfectionists that i know are in my audience as well i mean we just have i feel like we we get to honor and respect the part of ourselves that is so willing and wanting and desiring to, to um, develop in certain areas of our life. And, and I'm, I'm losing the word, but anyway, that, that part of ourselves that wants to be more of something that is worthy or of good, you know, it's, it's of worth of, and it's good. 
but I think there becomes a huge, like you say, there becomes a huge or comes a huge disconnect when we just see ourselves as that person. And we also see the chasm between like that huge, like she's over there. I'm over here. I'm not, I'm not there yet. So I'm in constant like reaching mode. Like I'm constantly reaching for something and it's keeping me in this constant state of discontent and disconnect and just not accepting yourself totally (sighs) yes and unworthiness right Mm. because a lot and I've struggled with this too you know and I'm still I'm I yes I'm a recovering perfectionist but I'm there's always more layers to unravel it right and like always think I'm like oh here we go here's another (laughs) here's another one but um yeah the unworthiness piece I've struggled with so many years struggling with the unworthiness of unless I'm unless I'm this loving unless I'm you know this I can get over this pattern you know, not feeling worthy still. And I love that you brought up the disconnection piece because when we start to consume, and this is another thing for listeners, when you start to consume information on reading all these concepts, all this spirituality, more than you make it about connection to your body, that is where shame and separation and disconnection, it just keeps perpetuating because it's not about consuming more information how much more can you learn about yourself as much as how much can you actually connect to yourself and connect with others because that is ultimately what's going to help you release the shame Mm -hmm. but I think as perfectionists we're so hungry to evolve and to to just be our best selves that uh, and it's and it's not to shame these parts and I and I love that you Joanna even brought up just honoring this part of ourselves that, that desires to live this way. But, you know, now we get to be conscious. Okay. This is a part of myself. This is probably my wounded inner child who didn't, who from a young age, didn't get what she needed. And so she learned that she needed to do all these things, but now I get a, we get to help her soften and we got to find other ways to, to move forward. I need to listen to this conversation more than once. <laughs> this is some so, good stuff. <laughs> I'm like, I'm like, wow, are we, I love it when we have these conversations because what comes out of it and I'm like, oh, this is cool. <laughs> <laughs> like patting yourself on the back, like, wow, good job. <laughs> well, thank you to spirit, right? I mean, thank you spirit, but it's like, I didn't even realize that this was in us, but it's totally, totally, it's God. It's, mm, it's spirit. So. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. So in your day-to-day, I'm really curious to ask, in your day-to-day, what does it look like in practical terms to embody our true self? Like what, how does it look like for you? Ooh, okay. I love this question. (laughs) Um, let's see. Well, of course I have the morning, you know, I wake up in the morning and a lot of it is tuning into my body because sometimes I have these ideas of how I want my morning routine to be. And I have to be careful of, you know, old patterns of perfectionism that I'm going to go to the gym and I'm going to go work out or I'm going to, you know, just certain things. And it's like, so I really try to slow down and uh, do a little bit of breath work and, and, and meditation to really attune to what I'm needing. It's a felt sense, um, of really attuning and yeah, so I'll, I'll do whether that's a walk with my dog. Um, and of course I'll kind of set my intentions for the day and, and I'll usually do a little bit of creativity, uh, do something fun, right. Dance or, um, put on a good music. Um, and, I have embody you, which to be honest, that really causes me to expand a lot in so many ways that is so uncomfortable. And, and I'm even taking a deep breath here because the honest truth with embody you is it's been one of the biggest challenge challenges, but the biggest blessings. And I'm sure you relate in your own ways, Joanna. I'd be curious to hear yours, but 
embody you asks me to show up as I am and create and I make mistakes a lot of the times when I create for embody you that sometimes I reread stuff and I'm like yeah probably could, could have said it differently like this and it's vulnerable so I want listeners to know that even though I'm on the other end talking about this stuff each I feel like each level of our growth we're just we're just practicing the same thing over and over. And so what that looks like a lot for me is giving myself grace, practicing the self-compassion, um, really leaning into the fear sometimes, admitting when I feel really afraid of, sometimes I still get afraid of what people think of me. And I don't need to put a false mask of bravado that, oh, F everybody, or I don't give a F what people think. Mm, No, I don't believe in that. I think the more that we embody who we are, we soften in our vulnerabilities. So I get to parent the part of me that feels really scared and give her what she needs and go really slow at a pace. So, um, and I see clients and I'm, so that's part of my day too, but I bring a lot of my authenticity to my day. And, and what I mean by that is I bring my joy. I bring my play. I bring my rest. I bring my sad moments when I have them. I bring my (laughs) annoyed moments. Like I bring all of it. And I, I try my best to be, I try my best. It's not that I'm trying, but it's important for me and who I connect with and what I do that they know the human aspects of me because I think uh, we can release a lot of shame in the world if we were more honest about our vulnerabilities because so many times there's in so many spaces, there's leaders who start talking about personal growth development or whatever. And it's very easy to believe, oh man, they're not human. Oh, they're, you know, they're (laughs) put them on the pedestal in that way. Right. Yeah. There are a certain level that you are not at. Yeah. And sometimes when I work with clients, they're surprised if I admit, yeah, I feel maybe insecure in this one. They're like, really? Because you come off confident. Mm. And I really, it's because I, I accept myself really confidence is really learning to accept and be with every part of yourself. It's not just one static fixed moment. And, And it's actually our our focus on trying to be confident that disconnects us more from ourselves because we're trying to become confident instead of just being who we are. Right. So, um, yeah, I, I would say that it's just, it's, um, (laughs) it's just honoring how I feel, um, making sure that I'm checking my, I create space throughout the day to check in with how I feel and what I need. So a lot of the times throughout the day, I'm still taking five minutes to do a little bit of breathing. I'm journaling. I'm maybe dancing. I'm calling friends to process. I'm slowing down. Cause maybe my, my nervous system, I feel like just yesterday, I felt very tender. Like I felt very tender and just a little weak. So I rely, I called it called a friend. I was like, look, I just need support right now. And my nervous system just relaxed, um, spending a lot of time in nature and quiet and, uh, yeah. And having fun with like, like with you, like, uh, passion, passion projects, right. Mm-hmm. Where you yeah. create and, and have fun. So I hope that answers your question. That totally answers my question. Thank you so much. I love all of those things that you said and just bringing all the human parts into that day and into the embodiment oh oh my goodness that's so good yeah because part is left behind when you leave behind a human part of yourself that's when you become fragmented and then you operate from shadow um instead of your whole self because um no part of you can be left behind which is why we have to move very slow yeah to really be listening to every part of ourselves. Yeah. Just, you know, that moving slow piece is just so, it's so potent. And you definitely don't hear that enough, especially in the self-development space. It's like, you know, you know, go get your goals and, and crush your goals every day. And yeah, sure. We get to crush our goals, but 
how is it going to be enjoyable if you've left half of yourself behind? (laughs) Totally. And then you're going to have that breakdown when you crush your goals. So yeah, maybe you hit your mark, but then you feel awful. And that's a part of the shame, right? And I've struggled with this shame in the past where, yeah, I have all the things and I, Hey, I have a sunny disposition because this is authentic. Like this is, this joy is authentic, but many times in the past, still putting that mask on of where really I'm really burnt out and struggling and down. <laughs> but like It's not being authentic. Like I'm, nobody really knows how I'm really feeling because I'm yeah. so long all the performing. Yeah. Oh my goodness. That's so relatable. I don't know. If, I don't know if I should laugh or cry. <laughs> <laughs> I can do both because I'll do it with you. <laughs> oh my goodness. Um, I wanted to ask you before we wrap up, I have a couple more questions. Um, what advice would you give to the 20 year old self, your 20 year old self? If there is like one thing that you would want to communicate to her, what might that be? Mm, wow. This is, a, this is a deep question. <laughs> yeah, I appreciate it because I can even feel like a little tender. Um, wow. Okay. I would tell her that, first of all, there's nothing wrong with you, but life, you're going to go through a lot. You're going to, because this is my 20 year old self. She was about to hit her rock bottom to change Mm -hmm. her life. So I would tell her that there's nothing wrong with you and life is going to get tough and you're going to move through some tough stuff, but all that stuff is, is what's, it's going to make you, you do not, not that do not, but the, the shame that you're going to be caring for your mistakes is so unnecessary because mm-hmm. God is going to use you and your story for good. Everything that you've been through, everything that you find shameful about yourself, everything that you've done shameful, your humanity, that is the most sacred and beautiful thing. That is going to be your gift. Mm-hmm. The more that you can actually embrace and love the parts and the aspects of your story and your mistakes and everything that you can't stand, everything that you're trying to perfect, everything that you're trying to get rid of, that is the gateway and the medicine to art and beauty and truth. So I would tell her that she is like a diamond as she is. And she's a diamond, even in her darkest moments where she's doing the most shameful things. She's a diamond, pure and simple. And I would share that too with listeners also. Yeah. Wow. I'm just, I'm just receiving everything you say that just feeling it. I just, it's so, it's so good. So good. Oh, wow. Like I could just talk to you on and on and on. (laughs) I love being here with you. I appreciate your presence so much. Such a gift, such a gift. And I just love that you emphasize the fact that our mess becomes our message and that the painful things that we go through, they become, they are part of the gift that we get to give to the world because you couldn't relate to anything if you didn't, you like the things that you go through, those are the portals that you are now walking through into helping all these people and just, you know, communicating with me and sharing this light and this gift with me. And it's so precious. It's so precious. Uh, so I just wanted to, you know, acknowledge that and acknowledge your vulnerability and your courage and honesty in this space, because we both know what it's like to have a vulnerability hangover or, you know, experience vulnerability in that way. That's just like not comfortable sometimes. <laughs> uh, it can be so uncomfortable, like, oh, my goodness. Yeah. But um, uh, my last question, as always with my guests is what do you most cherish about being a woman? Mm, This feels really good to answer. The gift of life, right? As women, we are so blessed to be able to create life. 
that's what makes us different. And, um, yeah. And so I would say that creative, whether that's actually having children, even if you don't have children, you still are powerful in that you can birth life in other ways. And I think just that innate compassion and sensitivity, uh, and tenderness and attunement to all of life is so sacred that comes to us. And, it's fun being a woman too. It's our sensuality, our ability to be playful and Mm -hmm. joyful and connected to that inner child spark. Um, all those aspects. And so much of that is tied to, and we tying it back to all the things that we've been talking about is releasing shame. You know, um, the more that you just lean into the mistakes, you lean into the parts of you that you're afraid of, you lean into all these aspects. It's as if you, you bloom as a flower, you bloom as a rose when you begin to release all this unnecessary shame that you've been carrying and the, the fruits and gifts of being a woman just begin to take a centerfold stage in your life that you you realize you've been it all along and it's, you know, what trips me out about the journey and I'll end on this too, is I keep tripping out how there was never anything wrong with me to begin with. Right. Because you think when you're going to, this is what I thought in the beginning or more so, especially with embody you, the more that I expand, it's like, I thought, Oh, I'm going to change. I'm going to change. No, every time it's a coming out to me, like, Whoa, I've already like, there's nothing wrong with me. Like I'm like, I'm just me still. Like I haven't changed at all. I just feel safer to be myself. Mm, yeah. Really all that it is. That's really all that it is. And then, yeah, you get, you get more, you know, you, you're more, you practice that self-compassion with yourself more, but because you start to, you start to separate yourself from your inner critic and all that stuff versus the truth. But, um, but yeah, that's what I love about being, about being a woman though. Wow. I love that. <laughs> I love that so much. My goodness, Artemis, I've loved this conversation. I hope that you felt the same. I mean, I feel like this is a transformative conversation for others to listen to. <laughs> oh yeah. I am so grateful I was able to come on, Joanna. Like always, I feel a strong connection to you and I love I your want- podcast you're doing for listeners and yeah so thank you for the healing medicine and the gifts that you share with us all too thank you I I truly appreciate that and all the work you do like I I love it and listeners go check out the embody you podcast I'm going to put the link in the show notes as well and to you know oh, oh yeah Artemis where can we find you online forgot to ask that. Yeah, so I'll make sure that I give Joanna the link tree link that you can find these things. But yeah, you can find me on Instagram at embody. So E-M-B-O-D-Y, the letter U, whole, W-H-O-L-E. And then you can also find me on Facebook, just Artemis J. Rose. Yeah. Awesome. Thank you so much. I hope you enjoyed this episode and learned something new as well as received some serious inspiration on your feminine journey. And I would so appreciate it if you could rate and review this podcast and subscribe. It really helps in the podcasting world so that we can reach more women who might be interested in these types of topics. And if you're curious to hear my music, you can always check out Joem on any of the streaming platforms and the link will be in the description below. Thank you so much for listening and I hope to have you join me in the next episode.